Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, this is the EFL Freezer Crowd podcast, where we take a light-hearted look at all things Football League. You scumbag, you maggot. Matt Smith's really Paris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm James, lifelong cough fan, and I'm joined each week by self-proclaimed Statman Luke and resident Millwall fan Andy. Gary Monk sacked after a, a nil-nil draw with Millwall as well. Although most <laughs> clubs in the football league would die for a result like that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be covering important news, a run through the games, and our all-important goal of the week. Yes. <laughs> 3-0 to the own goal. <laughs> <laughs> so find us with a new episode each Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You're listening to Aston Millwall, broadcasting from the beautiful South Birmingham, except no substitute. Well, hello, dear listeners. Welcome to an impromptu Aston Millwall. My name is Nick Hart. You are listening, of course, to the number one podcast broadcasting to and from South Bermondsey and indeed the world. Um, impromptu this morning, this grey winter solstice morning. Um, I had a, an interview lined up, dear listeners, with somebody who's had to postpone. So I was all set up, a bit like Saturday night when you're all dressed up, ready to go. And suddenly tier four gets declared and you have nowhere to go anymore. So um, no interview, postponed till tomorrow. So I thought I would do a short kind of roundup show and also include one of our favourite sections, which is the the random date from the fixture from the past. I haven't done one for a little while. I had rather had the mojo knocked out of me recently, as you'll all be aware. But I'm thankful to say uh, that the mojo's back. And part of the reason for that is some of the messages that I've received, which I will come back to later in this, in this show. Um, but first up, I just wanted to return to Saturday's one-all draw versus... Nottingham Forest. I'm just looking at um, the London News Online, formerly known as the South London Press. Very good website. Richard Corley. Shout out to Richard Corley. Good journalist, good website, good news site. I tend to use it as my go-to news site these days, um, but that's just the one I look at. And this is a, an interesting story talking about the injury crisis um, that has affected the club for some weeks now, the sheer pace of the relentless Saturday midweek, Saturday midweek schedule that we've been playing to this this strange season. Um, and in, in the uh, show yesterday, I think we queried the, well, I queried, let's get it right, I queried the uh, non-inclusion of the controversial Ryan Woods and the less controversial um, but equally um, polarising figure of Scott Malone from Saturday's lineup. 
Um, I understand both are carrying knocks and there is no QAnon style conspiracy theory afoot. So um, Knox apparently put both uh, players out of action. And I'm just reading this story in the in the London News Online um, where Rowett basically mentions the, the, the welcome relief of Christmas week for as a chance for some recovery. Um, Ryan Wood, Scott Malone and Shane Ferguson, of course, a slightly forgotten figure at the club at times, but um, always gives value when he comes in with, with the absentees from the weekend fixture. Um, Rowett says, when you've, we've, we've got a combination of a little bit of illness and injury, and if you look at the players we had at it on Saturday, he's not making excuses, as he thought we did enough to win the game. But we do have some big players missing. Sometimes you just being able to put those couple of extra bits of quality on the pitch wins you the game. Um, so, yeah, there we are. I just thought I'd um, mention that because um, I, I was dwelling on the soap opera theory of mill management and um both players apparently carrying knocks so um happy to correct the record on on that score the lions do of course head to second placed afc bournemouth on boxing day three o'clock kickoff in bo- uh, uh, boxing day um gonna be a difficult fixture uh, just looking at the the league table on the bbc website here the second as we've said 10 wins drawn eight only lost twice all season 35 goals scored 16 against, and their last five show here is win, draw, win, win, draw. So um, the Lions really will have to take their A game down to, to Dean Court. Um, I don't know if it's got a sponsored name these days. It's forever Dean Court in my mind. Um, but uh, thankfully, thankfully, after Saturday's performance and that win up at, uh, down at Bristol City in last midweek, um, we can at least approach it with some modicum of of spirit and fire in the belly. And that's really, as we've said in yesterday's show, that's all we, we really ask for. So we will see. Um, but moving along, dear listener, as I say, this is an impromptu one. I've done very little prep for this. So if the show sounds a little creaky and the, the cracks um, you know, are showing, apologies, done on the hoof because I was all set up. And I thought, well, you know, we don't want to waste a, an opportunity to broadcast my thoughts to the world it's ego it's fundamentally podcasting is an ego business dear listeners but anyway we move along and we're going to be looking now at a random fixture generated by random.org um, they've generated 1971 as the year so we've gone for this date in 1971 and we find a report in the daily mirror porting a game played on december the 18th 1971 I would have been 11 years old at this point and yet not yet a Millwall fan um, I wouldn't start going to Millwall till later on in this 1971-72 season but on that weekend on this weekend in 71 we drew three each away game at Sunderland uh, goals from Sunderland players to open the account um, Pitts 26 they go one nil up in the first half they then consolidate that lead just after the break. Hughes scores another goal for 2-0 on the, in the 50th minute. Gordon Bolland, a great striker for the Lions back in those days, far gone. Pulled one back very shortly after that in 52 minutes. So we've now gone to 2-1. But seemingly the hammer blow for Sunderland would come uh, from a player called Bobby Kerr, who I remember well. The mustachioed, kind of long, long-haired mustachioed look, Bobby Kerr. I think he played in the cup final a couple of years, um, the year after, a couple of years after that. I'd have to check that. I'm not not um, not that accurate on, on the Sunderland players. But he made it 3-1 on the 
not in on the 79th minute. Um, so Lions go into the last five minutes, three one down, but with a fine, fine fight back. Derek Smithhurst pulled a goal back to get to three two on 85 minutes, and then the equaliser from Derek Posse, the Poss, as Brian King called him in the interview shows you'll have heard in in on this channel and other podcasts. Let's let's mention the other podcasts that are out there. The No One Likes Us Talking, the, the That Mill podcast. They've all had Brian King on the show because of his book, which we um, advertise on this, The Lion's King, uh, available from littlehellbooks.com. Do check it out. It's a wonderful, wonderful book about this era that seems far off to many, many listeners, I'm sure, listening to this show but seems within my lifetime, um, well, it is within my lifetime, I was 11 um, when this result took place. As I said, I, I didn't start going to Mill till later on in the season, um, April 72. But at this point, the Lions were challenging for what was ultimately going to be a, a failure um, in a promotion campaign. We stood second in the table with this point at Roker Park, one of the old, great old stadiums of the game. Um, the Lions team that day reads like a, a litany of some of the greatest players ever to pull on the, the the Mill shirt, a white shirt at this time. We played in all white, of course. So Brian King in goal. Um, plenty of opportunities to listen to Kingy now online and, and, and a great listen he is too. Um, fullback Brian Brown, great player Brian Brown. I've never ever come across um, that much comment or um, you know interviews with him. It would be great to to... to catch up with him at some point. Um, he was a regular mainstay of the Mill defence at this time, Brian Brown. Uh, Harry Cripps, of course, a legendary figure, sadly passed away from us in 1995. Uh, Alan Dorney, who is still around, thankfully, and uh, I know his family listened to this show, so big shout out to Alan Dorney. Always a favourite player of mine, a very um, a cultured defender, I would say, Alan Dorney, Bermondsey boy, and quite a cultured, perhaps it's going too far to pronounce him as a, a Bobby Moore or a, a, a Franz Beckenbauer, but you get the kind of ideas to what kind of figure um, Alan Dorney occupied in that mill side. Kitchener, rah-rah, zigger-zagger, Barry Kitchener, um, a personal hero for me, and I know for many other listeners too, probably for you too, dear listener. Um, one of the great players of all time of Mill Football Club, and he is, he exists in his own his own world. Barry Kitchener, along with Harry Cripps, in the same side, two legends in that one eleven. Dennis Burnett was a great defender, and that again a little bit like um, defensive midfielder, I suppose you'd call him. Cultured rather like um, Alan Dorney in many respects. Um, he played for West Ham, I believe, in the past, but this was in an era where. The tribalism that we see today wasn't quite as prevalent as as it's become, uh, but he did come to us from West Ham. Moved on in the mid-70s to Hull City, if memory serves. I haven't checked that, so um, any listeners want to correct me on that, um, please do, please do. Achtung uh, Millwall at gmail.com. Do correct me on anything that you hear in these shows that is incorrect or you can expand upon. It's always good to, to hear from listeners. Uh, Barry Bridges, a great. He was a scorer of the first ever goal that I saw as a Millwall fan. Uh, that was in April of 1972. Barry Bridges scored against Portsmouth, and he played in this game up at Roker Park um, alongside Gordon Bolland, who was booked and scored a goal, and Derek Posse, who we'll come back to. Great, great striker, uh, a record holder for many, many years, the greatest uh, 
goal scorer for Millwall for many, many years until the advent of Teddy Sheringham. Derek Smithhurst was not a player that um, I remember when I first started going being terribly well-loved. Um, I have an idea he was from South Africa, but I don't think that came into the equation. I think um, one thing that about Millwall, always, it doesn't matter where you come from, as long as you're any good. Um, and I think he divided opinion somewhat, if, if memory serves. Um, anyone with any memories of Derek Smithhurst, please, please do let me know. Eamon Dunphy, a very, very artistic midfielder um, and a man of some strong views and opinions as well. Um, he's gone on in his post-football career to be a, a, a quite a, a large media figure in, in the Republic of Ireland. He does his own podcast. I actually listen to his show from time to time. It's always interesting. It's always challenging. Eamon Dunphy will always challenge your views and opinions of the world and you may agree with him. You may not. That's That's up to you. But he is a man of views and opinions and I respect that I think at Millwall we actually do even though some people might want the uh, to paint the club as a one-dimensional thing it isn't it's uh, it's always had room for many many views and opinions Naaman Dunthy was um, a maverick a one-off and there he is at number 11 his side and on the, the substitute just the one substitute back in those days Dougie Alder um, looks like he took uh, Dunphy's place in the 82nd minute in this 3-3 draw Versus Sunderland, 18th of December, 1971. I do have a, a a press report. Let's read it for you. This is from the Sunday Mirror. Um, Untamed Posse, the hero. It's just a short report. We will never used to get major coverage. In fact, one of the things that does strike you as you delve back into the past is the, the is the is the um, comparative small scale nature of media coverage back then. This is the Sunday Mirror, one of the big papers. We get maybe three paragraphs. Sunderland three, Millwall three. Millwall stole the glory in this non-stop thriller with a fight back that brought them two goals and a vital promotion point in the last five minutes. It looked a certainty for Sunderland when Bobby Kerr scored a great 78th minute goal that put them 3-1 ahead. But Derek Smith first made it 3-2 and almost immediately, Millwall's number one danger man, Derek Posse, equalised. Posse was the one man Sunderland never really mastered in every Millwall threat. He was a key figure. Um, I thought, actually, it might be worth us just mentioning Derek Posse because um, in the in the, um, in the the hierarchy of great mill strikers, he is up there. He's up there with the very, very best. And we, we the modern-day fan, obviously, idolises Neil Harris. Some of us from a certain era idolised Teddy Sheringham for, for obvious reasons. And I was fortunate to see Derek Posse, but I caught him rather like Harry Cripps. I caught him at the very end of his Millwall career, so I could absorb that he was a major figure, but I didn't, um, I hadn't lived it, if that makes any sense. So Derek Posse was a local boy, uh, born in Southwark, listed as a, his playing position as a winger, but I think he was more of a striker for the for the Lions um, in that Benny Fenton side of the early seventies. Um, he joined us in 1967, having played previously for Tottenham Hotspur, um, a youth at Tottenham Hotspur, Hotspur. Um, and he played 223 times for Millwall, scoring 79 goals. I think Posse took the club record for goal scoring from the legendary figure of Jack Cock uh, from the 1930s and, and, and 1920s. Uh, and Posse stood, held that record for many, many years until Teddy Sheringham took it from him, obviously in the in the late 80s and early 90s. 
Um, a great striker, a short figure. I remember, I remember seeing him. And there's plenty of footage on on um, YouTube, so you don't have to just take my word for the description. I'm speaking purely as as memory from my memory of those early games when I was a Millwall supporter. So they were talking about uh, the last couple of games of 71-72 and then the following season, which was a disappointing one, 72-73. And Posse was um, a leading goal scorer, 79 goals scored overall for the for the Lions. But he was, I think he had set his heart, unlike many other players might have done, I guess, on achieving first division status. Um, and he was an ambitious man, and I, 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 I don't blame him for wanting to move away, but he did actually move away and join our bitterest rivals, Crystal Palace at the time. In uh, January, I think, 73, um, I think uh, from previous shows, Benny Fenton had signed the wonderful figure of Alfwood, a, a, a solid, uh, full-on, um, traditional centre-forward Alfwood, a, a, a man mounting up front, um, brave and uncompromising. Youngsters now would have loved, would love Alf Wood in our side. You would have loved him. He was everything that a mill striker should be, a willing, brave and willing um, man to put his head in where it hurts and he got goals. And I think uh, Fenton saw the Wood and Posse partnership as one that would give us a, a strong goal-scoring threat to fire us up the table and make another challenge for the first division, which unfortunately was not to, to come to pass, sadly. Posse moved on. Crystal Palace in those times were uh, seen as the, the rising power of um, English football. Seems a bit strange because they, they, they had been in the first division in the late 60s and early 70s and got relegated. Malcolm Allison had taken over. And he was, one thing with Malcolm Allison, I, I never thought he was all that great as a, as a football manager, personally. Show me your medals as a manager, at least. Um... But he was a great pr pr a presentation pr presenter. He was on the presentation side of the game. He had ideas to to revamp Crystal Palace as a kind of an Americanized, um, Europeanized, Americanized kind of football club. Quite radical for its time. Hence the red and blue stripes of Barcelona in place of their old claret and blue. Hence the nickname of the Eagles. Um, hence signings designed to catch the eye and Posse was part of that. Um there is a there is a punchline coming. Um Derek Posse left us to um go and find a higher level of football. Crystal Palace was still a second division side when he when he joined them. Um but in 73 74 um they would be relegated to the third division. Um they finished third from bottom whilst the Lions, after a difficult season, finished mid-table with a, a 42 games played, 12th in the table, 42 points scored. And Palace got relegated, so let that be a lesson to all who... Uh, was the old, the ancient Greeks had hubris. The sin of hubris. There we are. Derek Posse's career after that rather petered away, I feel. I mean, he, he left us to try and find a higher level. He was certainly capable of playing at the highest level. He was a great striker. Let's not be silly about these things. Um, short and squat. He had a touch of the Gert Muller about him. Um, again, another player that might be lost on youngsters now. Um, an ability to find the back. And there were some wonderful YouTube goals in, in his pomp with the Lions. I personally feel 
his height were achieved with Millwall. Um, like so many players, they find the theatre of the den as being the, the, the kind of pinnacle of their career. And actually they always dream of um, other places and other, 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 um, other heights elsewhere. Um, but for many, many players over the years, over the years, it's the, it's Coblo Lane, it's Zampa Road where you hit your heights. You might not like it. You might wish it was otherwise, but that's often the way it is. So 223 appearances for Posse, Derek Posse, from 1967 to 1973. Go on to play 53 times for Crystal Palace in the ill-fated 73-74 season. 13 goals scored for Palace. Bizarrely, you might think now, he went on to move on to Leighton Orient in 1974. And he was not yet, it was 30 perhaps, yeah, 30. So still a decent Decent forward. Orient at the time in that 73-74 season had actually finished in, in the upper part of the table. They were a team that were challenging to um to, to, to go back to the first division because they had been in the first division in the sixties. And that used to hurt me because the only club never to have played in the top flight um in London was Millwall, of course, and I couldn't ever quite get round the idea that Leighton Orient had played in the first division. It used to hurt me as a kid um, in the school playground, that jibe that Leighton Orient had played in the first division. We hadn't, which would be all put right, of course, in the in the late 80s, but you're not to know that at the tender age of 12 and 13. Oh, you dear listeners. But he would go on to play 80 times for Leighton Orient, 74 to 77, scoring just 11 goals. Looks like his goal scoring dried up um, for reasons that are not clear, the, the Wikipedia entry on, on a fine player like Derek Posse isn't terribly in-depth. He's Mill's third all-time leading goal scorer um, and then would join uh, St. Patrick's Athletic after Leighton Orient. It really is just a few paragraphs to, to work from here. He joined St. Patrick's Athletic in the Republic of Ireland in October 77, playing under Barry Bridges, his, his former strike partner at the Den, scoring twice on his debut. And he would then go on to the uh, the North American Soccer League. Many, many English players at this time in the late 70s would ply their trade in the NASL, which was an early attempt to plant a professional game in the USA. The USA being the holy grail of, um, of football, if you, if you like, because it was, especially at that time, there was no broadcasting of American football or, or baseball or you know NBA and, and all the other sports we see a lot of now um, other than a Saturday afternoon slot on, um, on on the world of sport American sports existed in their own world and for reasons um, complicated too complicated to go into they had preserved a kind of an isolationist sporting world where American football and baseball dominated basketball and ice hockey and football, or soccer, as it would be known in, in American parlance, existed in the rest of the world. It was a very strange situation. That's changed somewhat now. I mean, the, the efforts of the NASL in the late 70s, and then obviously after a rocky road, the World Cup in 1994, and the relaunching of Major League Soccer in, in, uh, in, in the USA and Canada, uh, would, would plant a seed that would eventually take hold, but it was an unpromising soil in which to try and um, launch the game and many English players and, and foreign players uh, Johan Cruyff famously Pele uh, Beckenbauer Franz Beckenbauer himself would, would ply their trade for the various teams in the NASL Derek Posse would play for a Canadian side the Vancouver Whitecaps and would actually win the championship the soccer bowl 
as it's called, 1979. Uh, when he won that with the Vancouver Whitecaps, a team that, that still exists. Um, oh, no, sorry, it doesn't exist. A team that was dissolved in 1984. So 1973 to 1984, um, the Vancouver Whitecaps and, uh, were, were, were uh, dissolved. The demise of the NASL, it was a, a rocky road out there, um, one that would eventually come good. Um, but that was the end of the Whitecaps. Uh, Derek Prossy would go on to make a life and a, and, um, a career in the game in Canada. There was always an undercurrent of football being played as a kid's game, women's game. And he would coach, and he's on actually on LinkedIn. I was looking on LinkedIn just before I did this show just to see if, if he's around. He's listed as... Um, a coach for a team called Surrey United in British Columbia. So there we are. That's the fixture of Sunderland 3, Millwall 3, late, late, late equaliser from the great Derek Posse. Let's get it right. A great Millwall player, despite a career that went on to other clubs afterwards. His name is one of the uh, one of the big names of our of our of our club sold to Crystal Palace for 118,000 in January 1973. So we're going to come right back after this little break. I just want to mention a few emails that have been sent to me um, and say a few thank yous. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. If you're enjoying Afton Mill podcast, then why not help us grow the show and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts? We'd love it, love it, if you visit the Apple link in the show notes and leave us a rating and a review. Achtung Mill is the number one podcast broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey. No show sponsors, no Patreon, and no TikTok accounts. Thank you, dear listeners, and as always, Arrivederci Millwall. Welcome back, dear listeners. As I say, this is terribly, terribly unscripted, so I apologise if it sounds a bit um, all over the place. But, um, you know, we will try and return back to our normal normal format, which is always terribly polished and terribly scripted, isn't it? Um, so a few thank yous. I want to say thank you to Mike Bissica, a regular correspondent on the email, achtungmill at gmail.com. 
um, emails me just to say uh, after last week's win at uh, Bristol City that we much improved driving the ball forward, running at the opposition. We saw this a bit on Saturday, of course, putting them under pressure with not too much tippy-tappy at the back. Um, Bristol made Bristol look like us, hesitant, slow going forwards and generally clueless, which is good to see. Um, Mike says the main factor for him was uh, no Ryan Woods. Um, he agrees with Harry. Ryan Woods is not a mill-type player. I'm not really sure of his role in the team other than slowing play down, says Mike. Thank you to Mike. Um, also, nice nice comments about great to see the um, podcast back, um, which is matched by this chap here, Sam Mitchie. Sam Mitchie. What a week for our club, he says. This is sent to me about a week ago now. Um, ending in typical Mill fashion with an abysmal performance and a 3-0 defeat. At least Achtung back. That would be the 3-0 defeat at Biddlesbrough. So it is a little bit behind. Um, I should have done this thank you show sooner, listeners, shouldn't I? That's one of my um, downfalls. My wife would probably do a podcast on all my downfalls, but um, that's one of them. I should have said thank you previously to Sam Mitchie. Um, he advocates going for broke at Bristol, 4-4-2, which is kind of what we got. Um, back for Cooper, Hutchinson, Romeo and, and Malone. We we had Murray Wallace, I think, there, didn't we, Sam? And um, basically advocating in broad broad terms the kind of direction that Gary Rowett has taken us with a more simplified and more direct style. Um, he, try, he, he wants to get rid of the Deadwood, such as Yuri Skalek and Bod Varson. Um, suddenly the Bodvarsen is not looking like Deadwood, though, Sam. So there we are. Week is a long time in Millwall politics. Um, just another couple of mentions. Malcolm Bone congratulating on the podcast award. That was most unexpected, Malcolm. Um, and thank you to everyone that sent me, um, you know, congratulation messages and emails. Um, I was actually being a bit snippy about the whole thing. The, the, the show was done as a video. Normally... It's a, a jolly up in Salford. I think, you know, the idea is you buy tickets for it and effectively you go up and get pissed and, you know, they string the whole evening out so you get very, very pissed by the end of it and, um, you know, the awards are handed out over the course of a couple of hours. But this was done in the COVID times that we live in as a video. So it was interesting, interesting video. I th I'm sure you can still find it if you're motivated. You'd be a strange person if you are motivated to go and look at it. Um, because it opened my eyes up to the <clears throat> the very odd, um, how can I put it, the, the kind of scene that, that there is on YouTube for um, youngsters to make shows about all sorts of weird things. I mean, this stuff looks weird to me, as, and that's because I'm 60 years old, dear listener, and I don't understand why you'd want to watch um, a bunch of kids talking about fantasy football leagues or their FIFA career. Uh, which is a game, but there's a very real, and who am I to knock this? I mean, I, I you know, I, I'm well aware that you sound like the, um, you know, the stick in the mud when you come out with this, this kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, lot of channels, a lot of, a lot of people doing a lot of stuff. And I know that I suppose I'm adding to it with, with Akhtar Millwall and this, this kind of, um, this is my take on what, you know, following Millwall, is to me and the chaps that um, helped me along with the show. Um, so good luck to anyone that does anything. Actually, I'm just I'm kind of making this this up as I'm thinking it through. Um, it just looks odd, and and maybe it's um, maybe there's a sep uh, generational separation there. 
Um, but thank you to Malcolm Bone. Congratulates on the on the bronze award. Brilliant news. Silver next time or gold. We're up against under the cosh listeners, incident. They're the ones that won our category. And they're a fairly major outfit. And um well done to them. I mean it again, they have they have a lot of fans. I, I, I don't listen to it. I, I listened to the uh, the Guardian podcast last week when I was on my constitutional and I found it a bit smug. Uh, I try not to be smug. If I ever get smug, let me know, right? Um, we, Harry and, and Michael and I went to a live show, uh, the Guardian Football Weekly. This was obviously going back to those far-off times when you could go to places and, and watch things, you know. And it was at the O2 in the, the Indigo Club. And I was, A, I was amazed how many people there were there. I thought it was going to pay to watch a podcast being recorded. And the answer to that is probably about somewhere between 1,800 to 2,000 people would pay to watch it. Um, there was a panel show, and I, I maybe I feel again, I felt as out of that as I did the, the kids making FIFA videos. Um, it's, again, there's it's, it's a sense of um, in, in jokery and smugness to it. I'm, am I sounding sour to you? I don't mean to sound sour. Um, but I, 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 I just get a bit re- repelled from it. I think Harry and I and, and Michael finished up in the bar for the second part because I just found it tedious. Um, anyway, there we are. Um, thank you to JD Vale. JD Vale from Thanks from Across the Pond. He's a Lions fan from mid Missouri, USA. He's been li- listening to the Akdong Mill since the League One days a few years ago. Great job. Keep it going. Come on, you Lions from JD. Thank you, JD. Big up to you mate, out there, mate, mid Missouri. I've never been to that part of the US and it's one of again when we can get back on airplanes and the country connects with the rest of the world maybe I'll attend to that um Kevin Barry sent me a, 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 a an email after my 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 diva style hissy fit where I, I, I said I can't carry on anymore um I, I was pausing it actually um it just says he's a regular listener he wants to say thank you for the obvious hard work and commitment that goes into the show over the years it's a great mixture of footballing insight and humour, and I hope your mojo has returned. It has come back, Kevin. It has come back, mate. Um, I think I just felt very, very, very flat, and if I'm honest, depressed on the morning of Sunday after the uh, the infamous uh, derby booing. Um, but there we are. That's Millwall. We 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 teeter on the edge of um, of, of the cliff, don't we? And if we don't understand that after. 40 plus years. I can't waffle on about Derek Posse if I don't um, absorb the fact that we always live on the edge, for better or for worse. That's that's, that's Millwall. Um, and finally, and finally, um, Steve Bowler. Sorry to see you're on pause. No, I'm not on pause anymore, Steve. Um, he talks about the, the podcast. It was a constant in my life, unlike Twitter and other social media sites. Um, they, it's a good way to catch up on the goings on, and he, he finds the other sites kind of hard to uh, to get to grips with at times. Um, so thank you to to Steve Bowler and a big shout out to everyone else that's contacted me over time. I just wanted to um, catch up on some of the emails because I hadn't replied to them, and I thought maybe this is a good way to um, to deal with that. So there we are, listeners, stood up on the morning of an interview, uh, postponed till tomorrow. So. Um, I thought I'd just make use of the recording equipment that I've, I've got out ready to go. And I'm going to pack it away now. Uh, thank you for listening to this show. Thank you for listening to the show over the year. We'll hopefully be coming back with a few more shows before this year is done. 
Until then, dear listeners, it's Nick Hart signing out for this grey winter solstice morning. Hey, nonny, nonny, winter solstice is here. All the best. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Aston Newell. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. Have a Till next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.